a long time ago on a comics page far, far away. Greetings and welcome to May the Panel Be With You, the Star Wars comic book show brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I'm your humble host, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, it's the irrigated, overly polluted lake to my man contemplating suicide, it's John Campbell. Hello, everybody. Man, and the, boy, does that set you up for the, the rip-roaring tale we've got for you today. This is such a bummer of an issue, John. <laughs> it is. Th this issue is nuts. Like, and is so. I, I, it's crazy to me. This is the same creative team we normally get because all of a sudden it felt like some real goth emo guys took over. Uh, this is just. Yeah, it feels like a different comic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are, of course, covering. Uh, still in the 70s, we are covering Star Wars number 29 from the original Marvel Comics group run. Uh, yeah. This issue originally came out in November of 1979. Yep. Um, it, Like you said, it is uh, the, basically the same creative team as we've yep. had uh, for a while now. Uh, we have uh, Archie Goodwin as our writer, Carmine Infantino as our uh, primary uh, artists. We've got Bob Wyacek on color on uh, inks. We've got John Costanza on letters, Glennis Ween on colors, and a, uh, a distant shooter off in the uh, woods looking for a bear to hunt. I don't know where I was going with that metaphor. <laughs> oh, he was always just taking it. He's like, sorry guys, I have to leave this meeting to go hunt some bears. <laughs> There's one thing we know about uh, Jim Shooter, avid hunter. I feel like we always end up making Jim Shooter like this kind of guy. But if you if you ever see interviews with him, he has a fairly kind of dull sort of voice like this. Jim Shooter. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not as advertised, I will say. When you see him, you're like, oh, right. Like, you hear about the psycho that was Jim Shooter who just ran that company almost into the ground. And then you see him, he goes like, I just thought it'd be a good idea if all the superheroes came together. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I always think of him as like, what if Stan Lee was turned up to 11 and evil, but that's never what he actually, like, was? It's just oh, what he was what, on paper. Right, exactly. Like, that, that. those were the actions of him, but in actuality, you're like, oh, right, no, yeah, he's like a boring guy in a suit, because that would have been the CEO of the company. Like, right, yeah, okay, that makes actually makes sense. Um, yeah. Anyway, here it is, folks. We are still adventures beyond the greatest space fantasy film of all. I'm so curious what that header is going to change to once it becomes two films. Well, Adventures yeah, Beyond the Greatest fantasy, Space Fantasy films of all? Let's get to this cover, uh, because it is promising something that oh. it will kind Close. of deliver on, but... It, it, yes, I mean, they're not. It, it's not total false advertising, but... But... Okay, because, yeah. yeah, right off the bat, we've got, what's this? Valance, that robot bounty hunter who has been having an existential crisis over the last few issues. You mean who randomly shifted character the last time we saw him? And then Darth Vader, a person who's only just now becoming a character in this book? I know. Darth Vader has been such uh, on the fringes of this book for so long. And then all of a sudden it's like, here it is, folks, the Vader issue. And there's th this, there's some cool Vader stuff in here. But then there's also some, what? Vader so stuff. here's the thing with Vader that we'll, we were going to need to address at some point in this comic, and now's a good enough time as any, because I think this issue exemplifies it pretty well. Yes. Vader is a character that it is extremely difficult to make as your central protagonist. Yes. Because the more you peel back the layers of Vader, the, the less impactful he can be. At times. Yes. yes. Well, I, I think that's true for a lot of great villains, right? Like, uh, the, the the more you spend time with the villain of a piece... It's why it's why I'm always hesitant to pick up any comic about, like, the great villains or whatever. Like, if, if somebody gets their own title. And, of course, there are ones that work, uh, obviously. But, like, it's always sort of a thing where you're just going, like, yeah, but, like... 
they have to remain the driving so because we've talked about before villains are really the people who like start uh mm. a story but they don't often finish said story so that's where it's sort of like a weird thing where you kind of you kind of want them to be somewhat mysterious well and here's how i think a lot of the modern day vader comics have succeeded mm. and one where this particular issue stumbles a little bit is do not give us Darth Vader interiority. No. It really hurts the character a lot of time. Now, absolutely. have there been books that have done it successfully? Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. you have like issues of the, the more recent Marvel Vader book where like we're getting into like Vader's dream scape and like him delving into his own psyche, but that's represented visually. It's not giving us blocks of text describing what he's mm. thinking. Well, the other thing, of course, that, that, that that's huge difference here is um, we know a lot of Vader's backstory now, of course, like all of this it. Is true. And here they are giving they are attempting to flesh out a character who has almost no characteristics at this point beyond just being the big evil guy in dark armor with powers and such. Correct. Like, and we get a big. Yeah. No, just off that first movie, we get a big, bad, evil guy in dark armor who's got a lightsaber. He had some relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And other than that, we just know he's a big honking badass. And that's pretty much yeah. it. And, you know, there's uh, I always point people towards these interviews from the, you know, around the time or, or I don't know if they're interviews, but they're like recordings of Lucas, you know, brainstorming. And he is just going like, well, Darth Vader sort of a throwaway villain kind of just there to be an intimidation factor and he'll die off pretty quick. And he was, <laughs> and it's always that thing too, where he, George didn't have a plan for this. So Vader really was meant to just be this physical imposing force. Um, so yeah, I, I was reading through this comic last night. I'm going like, I'm looking for anything uh, that is trying to pin this character down in like, what is the perception of him in this comic where there's just the one movie and they're still pretty vague, obviously. This comic doesn't know because Lucas didn't know at this point, or he might have at this point, as of this comic's writing and publication, you know, that very Darth least... Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. Correct, and there's nothing to roll that in, nor do I expect that. But like, there's, there's, no, but the other thing that, that that I kept waiting for in this is, of course, we have Valens, the self-hating cyborg, fighting another cyborg. Except they don't know he's a cyborg. The writers of the Right. That's like, in <laughs> retrospect, this yeah. conflict seems like, oh, there's a duality here. The yeah. writers of this book don't know about that. No, I know. And I was, <laughs> no. And they, I mean, of course they don't. Like, but it's, yeah. it's so crazy to me that, yes, what are Vader's feelings about being a cyborg? Oh, well, he's not one really at this point. What is he at we all? Get, we don't even know if he's a man. Like We'll discuss it when we get to the end of this issue, but this, the writers make some suppositions about certain things, and we'll get yeah. there. Um, I want to talk, but I want to talk about this cover very okay. briefly. Um, number one, the the outfit that uh, Valance is wearing, that's some hot pink on him. Look, he got a, uh, a brief subscription to... Oh, what was that Marvel NFL book that... Uh, they oh, did for uh, a while. Uh, 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 NFL superstar, I want to say. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he saw their costumes yeah. and was like, oh, get me some God. of that. My dad bought me every issue of that going, finally, I can get the boy into sports. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. It didn't, didn't work at all. Um, but uh, the other thing is, um, Infantino's art, always fascinating what he chooses to emphasize. Uh, Valens has got some junk in the trunk, pal. Look at that thing. I would say that his eye and arm aren't the only thing those cybernetics are enhancing. That's mm -hmm. that's all I'm going to say. Look at those buns. He's got some buns on. I'm I, I'm also this is a constant problem in comics of this era, but just the fact that there's zero seam between his boot and his pant and it's just a color change and a line. Yep. Yep. Bugs yep. me. That's classic. Yeah. Well, for especially for how detailed, like like in the the cover work on this is much more detailed than the than the actual art inside the book, and so sure. all the shadowing, all the like detail. Look at like the heel of the boot and stuff like that, and then for that to just be kind of nebulous, yeah, really makes it even more so. Um, also, it appears 
Vader, Vader's wearing more armor than, I mean, he's always wearing armor, but the way it's drawn looks like, uh, look at like his leg uh, that's closest to us. It looks like, like Thor's armor. Yeah, they look like greaves is what those are called, like the big mm. leg armor. That's it exactly is what I'm talking about, yeah. Uh, and you're just like, that's not what Vader looks like. Yeah, like Vader is always described as this like armored dark individual but like when you really look at his costume like none of it's uh, uh, most of it's not like hard plating you've got no. the shoulder pads and the helmet and like the chest plate and other than that he's like got a pretty flexible suit yeah, going on because like the stormtroopers were armor and the, like yeah. yeah that's not what vader oh and, and speaking of stormtroopers let's open this up because uh the workaday stormtroopers are my favorite part of this blue collar just punching the clock, stormtroopers. We, no matter what the medium is, will always love a stormtrooper who is treating it like it's the day to day. Ah, jeez, man. Whether it's these guys or those two chuckles that just like were walking down the hallway, heard Kylo Ren throwing a hissy fit, and decided to turn around. My favorite characters in Force Awakens by far. <laughs> when the one guy stopped, the other guy's like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, here here we here we have our workaday stormtroopers, and talk about another. This is uh, an imperial outfit on this guy, but a little bit more form fitting than we're used to. Yeah, he's kind of like edging towards Matt, the radar repair guy here. Oh yeah, look at that, <laughs> uh, and and the perfect creases in those pants. And right. then I do want to talk about. <laughs> How these stormtroopers are holding their weapons? Just like gently, just like look. If you if you hold them too hard, they'll start to crumble. They're a very light model. I, it's so weird. Number one, the the completely wrong. Uh, what the stormtrooper rifles look like? Okay. Uh, they have just decided. For some reason, Infantino has just decided this is what blasters look like in the comic book Star Wars. Um, they have multiple sights on them. I would be very curious to see some of Inventino's other work from this time and see what the guns in those look like and whether or not they're exactly the same. Because, yeah, it does feel like, what is this? I'm also trying to figure out, what is the sideways sight for? Uh, to sight on the horizon? I guess. That was me just making up some <laughs> bullshit just now, so. I've, I've never seen a gun like that, because you don't really need to do that, but okay, okay. blasters can shoot farther than guns with Yeah, or for when you bullets. turn it to look cool sideways. Oh, yeah. No, that's probably it. There you go, but then I'm still aiming, even though that makes no sense, because the gun's going to kick like that, but whatever. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. So uh, these guys are apparently squeamish because Darth Vader is torturing a guy in another room. And this guy is going, oh, what? Like, you've never been around a torture session? <laughs> I love the caption here. They have, but somehow not like these. Oh, man, yeah. We've, we've, we've you know, dished out a couple beatings, but this is a whole other world, man. Um. So, uh, also, these are no-neck stormtroopers. At least, the particularly the yeah. one there. No neck on that guy at all. Yeah, no. Uh, Infantino's done this a lot, where, like, the the stormtrooper armor is, like, lar- wider and squatter than we're used to yeah. seeing. That's just kind of how he rolls. These, these are not as well designed. And then, here we go. Let's go to the next page. And here it is. Mid-torture. Darth Vader. Lord of the Sith. And his companion, Dr. Ball, is back. Yeah, man, Dr. Ball, who now is... Whatever they've done to this guy, the guy they're torturing appears to be smoking. Yeah, we never actually see the torture victim. Yeah. Uh, We are aware that he is a rebel spy of some kind, uh, and that Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith, is in fact torturing him, and he just loves to torture. Um... (laughs) I love me my torturing. <laughs> Lives to torture. Here's a question. Does he? I mean, Darth Vader does a lot of evil stuff. I would say there's a lot of him torturing, or in particular, taking real joy out of it in any of the movies. I think the only time I've seen in like Expanded Universe stuff of Darth Vader like taking joy mm-hmm. is 
when he is seeing somebody get their comeuppance about something, even if it's only perceived comeuppance from his perspective. Yes. Uh, No, that's it. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't feel, this is such a weird thing where he's just like, Hey, come in here. Wormus. Look at the way this guy's skin is flailing, man. Also, I love the return of Wormus. Wormus and him just going, um, Uh, I wonder if I might be excused, Lord Vader. I seem to have a touch of indigestion. We turn the page, and he's like, "Yes, it would. I would have seen. I would have that scene to Wormus. Most people get indigestion after a meal, not before." And I guess this page answers your question. Yeah, it is the torture victim who is smoking green here. Mm-hmm. You what know is bad when the smoke is green? What has he done to this guy? Because normally if Vader wants information out of somebody, he's just going to force choke a bitch, right? But this time he wanted to take his time. I mean, on this last page, this phrase from Vader, it, the ability to resist is always fascinating, eh, Wormus? It varies endlessly from individual to individual. This spy was better at it than average, wouldn't you say? This Vader has tortured enough spies that he's actually cataloging. Mm, this one br- took a little longer to break than normal. I really had to get medieval on his ass. He's fucking Count Rugen from Princess Bride. He's yeah, just like very Can much you describe so. the nature of your pain. Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> I don't because because to me some of the scariness of Vader is the not giving a shit right where it's just like mm-hmm. I'm gonna choke this guy and then just be like all right. I got the information. That was like, th- there's almost a logic to it where it's like, I will choke him until he gives me the information. And that's what I did. That's what needed to be done. There's no like sadistic joy in it. Right. I mean, Vader, especially oh, in the post Anakin Skywalker, like fleshing out, has yeah. always been more of an engine of destru- destruction than like an actual mustache twirling villain. Right, and there's 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 a coldness to that that is very once again that, that that leads to this you can't get a read on this guy if he's a cackling madman he's less threatening to me than it's just the guy who's like oh I'll just do whatever's necessary to get the job done he's the unstoppable force when he's cutting through the 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 rebel soldiers in Rogue One he's not going oh yeah you're really dead pal yeah. No, again, like, especially post-Anakin characterization. Yeah. You're talking about a guy who has had to bury all of his pieces of emotion because he feels like he's burned down his own world for some greater purpose. And then when that greater purpose also dies, he, all he's left with is the rage and the pain. Right. And then at the, by the time we get to A New Hope, and especially now that we know him through the, the story in the prequels, yeah, he is a guy who has deadened himself, who is so... Yeah you know, uh, divorced himself from humanity that, of course, that's really the journey then to sacrifice himself for his son and return of the Jedi. Guys, the Star Wars trilogy is really good. Uh, The original Star Wars trilogy (laughs) is really solid stuff. I don't know. This is a hot take, man, but that's really good stuff. Um, But it turns out Vader is looking for a particular person. He's looking for who we'll later know is Tyler Lucian. Great name. No Uh, relation to the Lucian in Andor. No, completely different. Uh, but this guy is a rebel deserter. This this comic has so many things I have questions about. What does Vader want from this guy? So Vader's... Let's just track Vader's logic in this comic. He's looking for this rebel deserter because that guy can give him information about the... What information could this guy have about the rebels that Vader would need? He, Vader, and we're skipping to the end of the issue here, but we find out that Vader is looking for the name of the rebel pilot who blew up the Death Star. That's right. He doesn't know it's Luke Skywalker. Correct. And he suspects that that pilot is the same person who he, like, had the psychic confrontation with outside of the wheel, but he doesn't know that for sure. And he also still doesn't know who that person is. And that would all make sense if it was eventually building to the reveal that it's his son but they obviously don't know that so right so now he's just kind of on an evil kick of i need to find this asshole who beat me twice right yeah it's <laughs> this now it's personal <laughs> 
So he's gotten the name Tyler Lucian out of the spy he's just tortured. Mm -hmm. But we cross cut to somewhere else as we get another speech bubble outside of a it's outside of a Star Destroyer and then outside of a huge building. And it's another like desolate backwater planet cantina because that's all that exists in Star Wars apparently. Uh, yeah, but this is a pretty big cantina, and this is where somebody would know the name Tyler Lucian, and we cut to a uh, Middle Eastern stereotype and a guy in a cloak. <laughs> this guy is wanted off the set of Lawrence of Arabia. Um, yeah, it, no, it, it, <laughs> this is really like a... And then we get, oh boy, let's talk about these aliens in the foreground on this panel here, because Infantino is having a time, folks. Look, one of them is a an established Star Wars alien. Uh, he's a Godel. We saw him in the cantina in yes. uh, A New Hope. And uh, one of them is uh, a guest star. Uh, oh, actually, no, I was going to say is uh, the alien from uh, uh, How to Serve Man, uh, the Twilight Zone. That's 100% what this guy looks like. Yep, 100%. No. Uh, yeah, he's just a guy with a big blue butt for a head. Yep. I don't know how else to say it. He's a butthead. He's a literal <laughs> butthead. Um, Especially that first top left panel. It's just like I know, yeah, yeah. at the back of his head and it's just Behind. a butt. Yeah, that, that's a that's as formed a butt as Valance is on the front of the cover. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, th- so this is Valance here looking for... So Valance is also looking for this guy. Yes, we find out that uh, we're looking for... Uh, Tyler Lucian and this mysterious cloaked figure who we don't know is Valance yet, and I don't know why they're hiding that fact in this first couple of pages. On the cover, I will say, I was not too thrown by who this might be. Yeah, Um, as soon as his hood comes back and we see in profile the white streak in his hair, like, oh, so it's Valance. Why are we being subtle about this? Well, he turns and fakalms butthead. Right, because uh, what happens is uh, Middle Eastern Stereotype is trying to pull a gun from underneath the bar as he's talking to Valance. Valance mm-hmm. punches his hand through the bar yeah. to grab the hand that's grabbing the gun, which is pretty cool. Well, my favorite moment is when he turns to shoot the butthead alien, and he still has the one hand in the bar. Yeah. That's great. That, f- I mean, that feels like a very like Indiana Jonesy type of thing, where it's just like, oh, one hand's busy doing something. Yeah. He's got to use his spare hand to like fend off the bad guys. Well, definitely. I mean, I, well, the whole thing of the the backwater canteen and stuff, right? That it, it definitely leans into the Western aesthetics of Star Wars and the gunslinger totally. type of thing. Balance here, and then when we turn the next page, he's just taking a glancing blaster round to the face, so that he okay. can once again. Reveal his cybernetic face. Which also, at some point between issues, he went to see his flesh guy again. Again? <laughs> this just I love that every issue has to have him with a fully restored face that then gets torn apart again. Like it's just it has to happen. Uh yeah. So Valance is interrogating this barkeep. Uh Merle is his name. Uh and presumably he's crushing his hand under the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Merle gets a look at his face and it's like, yeah. you're nothing. You're nothing sentient. You can't be. I. <laughs> and he's once again, love the smoke coming off of his face where he took the, the, I mean, the, the, apparently whatever's going on here, whatever the, the, the cybernetic stuff in his face is, is good enough. It can take the blaster fire. The only thing damaged really is the face is gone, but his, his face is still totally functional. At a certain point, just, like, get a hard mask or something. Yeah. Like, make it yeah. creepy. Lean into it. <laughs> yes, man. That would further add to your intimidation factor as a bounty hunter, I would think. I mean, Boba Fett rocks the mask all the time. God, that's his thing, man. I mean, yeah. I love Valance, but Valance wishes he was Boba Fett. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. But, uh, so, but then, okay. Then we go to this next panel. Where I understand, like, it's mostly shadow, but it seems like his face is intact to me. Yeah, I mean, the the robot half is in shadow, so I don't know. But the eye is distinctly human, and then when we see it, it's it's absolutely a glowing red robot eye later, so... Look, coloring issues are always going to be the spoiler (laughs) where plot is concerned. 
<laughs> so basically, Valance's plan here is like, I'm just going to kind of casually act like, oh, no, what happened in there? That's yeah, because the stormtroopers stop him on the street and say, "One moment, citizen. Yeah. We've heard reports of a disturbance at Murrow's, which you seem to be in a hurry to leave." By the way, that one moment, citizen, nice cameo from RoboCop. Um, yeah, one moment, one citizen. moment, citizen. Yeah, um, and uh, and then he turns around, and I, something you—I don't think I've ever seen in Star Wars—is somebody hand over a driver's license. He's got his bounty. He's got his paperwork in order. We can respect that. We're Valance. I mean, it is. Yeah, papers, please. Um, here he is going like, "Look, I'm a, a bounty hunter, uh, local four oh five, and uh, yeah, I've I've paid my dues. I'm in good standing with the union." Uh, this actually does bring up something that I think would be a pretty common problem in the Star Wars universe, and that's like a licensed bounty hunter who's like well enough known. He yeah. could just be out at a bar and somebody there could freak out thinking the bounty hunter is after them. It's true. And that's kind of what he's trying to play. And for the most part, it goes pretty well right up until, hey, why are you wearing that cloak? <laughs> the cloak in Star Wars is the trench coat and fedora to the Marvel Universe at large. <laughs> of just yeah. like It's a disguise that works every time right up until it works zero times yeah it's just like wait a minute i bet you're hiding something under that cloak ah, a borg a miserable cyborg trying to pass yikes well okay so i have a lot of questions about this now we know the sort of general dismissive attitude of droids for the most part in the world of Star Wars. The cyborgs are are, are new to us, at least at this point in, in mm -hmm. chronology of the franchise. Sure. Um, so, you know, th this idea of Borgs. But it's like, this guy is a licensed bounty hunter. And you're telling me in the world of Star Wars, if I pull like a cloak and a guy has like a half robot face, that's the most unsettling thing I can see? Because there's a lot of weird shit running around the Star Wars universe. There's some big implications in this first chunk. And again, this is before we've gotten to uh, Empire Strikes Back. So there's a lot more like cyborg stuff in that oh, movie, honestly. God, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about one Lobot. Um, but um, Lobot and then like Luke getting his robot hand at the robot end. And, like, yeah. So like it makes it feel a lot more commonplace yeah. than this initial run of comics has in which it is right. treated as this like thing to be derogatory over to be derided about that it is extremely rare when it's it, unnatural it, too right yeah. like the combination of human and technology ah! yeah and the star wars universe at large that we know that's not the case right so that's the thing that but i'm just saying like just in general like if you're out patrolling these planets you're gonna see all kinds of shit but this guy flips out and all of a sudden whatever legality this guy had is you know, because it's just like, uh, we can't let something like him get away with killing normal organics. <laughs> Even if he's got the proper paperwork. No, no. I am taking a stand here. Thankfully, this Stormtrooper's racism gives Valance all the justification he needs to just mm -hmm. start murdering. Yep. <laughs> I do like, thank you, Trooper. Until now, I don't think I was certain about my course of action. But it's murder. <laughs> and I do stand by. Why doesn't he just shoot lasers out of his hand all the time? That seems to be the most effective thing. Also, when did his hand get stripped of flesh? Because in the previous few panels, it looked normal. Yep. 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 Yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. But all we know <laughs> is in this last panel here, he says, Now I'm committed. I'm in a race against Darth Vader, and Tyler Lucian is the prize. Why would he say he's in a race against Darth Vader out loud, but only mm -hmm. think Tyler Lucian is the prize to himself? This is the beginning of a lot of baffling questions about why he says things out loud in this issue. <laughs> yes, There's a yes, lot of balance saying thoughts out loud. But in this Valen case, yeah. I'm in a <laughs> like now I'm in a committed race against Darth Vader, but I better keep the Tyler Lucian thing down. The real dark encounter here is not between Valance the Bounty Hunter and Darth Vader the Lord of the Sith. The real dark encounter here is between Valance's inner and outer monologues. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I just try once again, trying to imagine this on film and just having a guy going, hmm, 
now that I see what is before me, you know, it's just like, good lord, later when, yeah. when we're on the planet. Speaking of that planet, here we go. Let's go to a new Star Wars planet. Ruby yeah. Flame Lake. Is Ruby Flame Lake. I think I this think... is actually supposed to be on the same planet as Valance is on. I, yes, I think you're right. Because it's on Centauri's. Yes, yes, it is. Then they say that later. So this is, yes, Ruby Flame Lake. And in the days of the Old Republic, as we were told here, it was a splendid popular resort attracting visitors by the thousands to Centaurus from throughout the mid-systems. But the Empire has been drilling into the lava beds and basically poisoned the water, right? So it describes this place where it's like, okay, there's this big resort-like lake with all these little like spire-like houses out on docks along the lake. And the lake used to be just like mildly kept at a nice warm temperature by yeah. low lava. This sounds great. And of yeah. course, in classic fashion, the mm -hmm. Empire is like, but what if we just drilled out all that lava and dumped all of our waste into the lake? I actually really like that. I like the just everyday shittiness of the Empire's like yeah. uh, decisions like this, you know, policies and things like that, where it's like, yeah, man, we're just going to get ours at the cost of the environment. It doesn't matter. You know what this is? This mm. is the Empire is the Nestle Corporation in Fiji. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, for our listeners who may not know, look up nestle and what they've done to fiji in terms of like you know all those fiji water bottles uh mm -hmm. that everyone liked for so long uh mm -hmm. well they had a, a tremendous cost to the environment i was gonna say look up what nestle did to fiji spoiler not great yeah not great <laughs> uh something similar to what we're seeing here with a blood red lake yes yeah absolutely it also led made me think of the fracking issues and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, which is also yeah, but just the, yeah, just the sort of thing. And there's a lone figure here standing on this dock, just looking for the will to kill himself. Great boy. Yeah, midway through this issue, and we leap into a man summoning the courage to end himself. Yeah, Yikes. yeah. As he's saying, the pollutants in there can dissolve metal in hours. Flesh would surely take only minutes. One more step is all it would take. An easy plunge into those blood red waters. And he's like, I got kids here, man. I got yeah. kids here. This Jeez. is ostensibly a children's book. Yeah, I mean, and, and oftentimes we complain about it being written too much for children specifically with some of its goofiness. And then here you're like, all right, maybe pull back Star Wars comic. Jeez. At some point, someone writing this book was just like, that Alan Moore guy's got some things going on in his <laughs> new book. I think I'm going to put some Black Freighter in my Star Wars. Yeah, man. Jeez. Jeez. Two, two great tastes that don't go great together in this case. Jeez. Actually, I think uh, Watchmen was after this. It, well, it definitely was. It was Watchmen was like uh, 87, maybe, or maybe 84. It's in the mid to late 80s. Uh, 86, 87, yeah. Yeah, 86, 87. So, yeah, we're still a few years out from that. Um, Star Wars is uh, is going for it, though, man. They're, they're seeing the <laughs> the starting yeah. point of uh, of the darker edge of comics, man. Jeez. Okay. So this, guy... this is also where we get into a little bit of uh, some Infantino same face and same character problems, because yeah. this just looks yeah. like Luke Skywalker, right? 100%. It looks like... A, it looks like... Dirty Luke Skywalker. Uh, Luke Skywalker on a bender is what Tyler Lucian looks like. <laughs> yeah, uh, because he's, again, just rambling out loud. Nobody has interiority in this book. They're just no. all saying everything out loud. So this guy's backstory is he, he just took off when the Death Star showed up on Yavin. <laughs> Which I think is actually a pretty compelling backstory about like, okay, here's the guy who just like the Death Star showed up. Everyone was gearing up. They are throwing this fool's hope at the Death Star, knowing they could take it down. And one guy was just like, mm, no. I just love the idea of somebody turning going, Tyler, do you want to grab the... Tyler? Tyler? <laughs> and there he goes. Only after I'd stolen the supply ship, raced away. Then I heard on the transceiver about him, the T-65 pilot who shut down his computer and put a torpedo into the Death Star exhaust port, unassisted. A mere farm boy from Tatooine, Luke Skywalker. He is saying out loud to no one. 
He's really lost it. Um, yeah, he's, so, but yeah, so he's, he's, it's all so Valens can hear him, right? Uh, yeah, because when the great. Green Goblin shows up behind him. <laughs> Spider-Man! Uh, he's wearing this purple cloak with like this pointy hood that really absolutely. looks like Green Goblin. It really does look like Green Goblin. Uh, so, he, yeah, so basically this idea is like, this guy took off in a moment of cowardice out of fear and then whatever but then is particularly more depressed and was like actually that was pretty quickly resolved by a guy and now i look like a complete fool <laughs> he couldn't have just turned around because like that all took like an hour yeah no he's like never mind i've committed to this my life of cowardice that needs to be ended now because like it's not the rebellion isn't the empire. They wouldn't execute this guy for being scared and running away. The thing that got me when they talk about a, a rebel deserter, I'm like, a rebel deserter? Those two words don't go together. Like, I mean, they kind of do. They can, but it's not. Yeah, there's not. It's not a death penalty for deserting. It's not a. The the rebellion is interesting in Star Wars because the rebellion feels very militaristic in and of itself. So it does feel like. What I'm saying is like you're not under con- like you're under contract to the army or whatever, right? Like conceivably in some capacity, you know. There's well, some sort and of and they play a little bit with this in Rebels specifically, yes. where they like okay, the rebellion that they're trying to build does have to have a code and mm-hmm. a command structure, and like for this to work, we need the trappings of a more imperialistic military, and that right. sucks. Because we right. are at our core a something that is rebelling against the the system and the status quo. Right. But if we don't, it's going to be chaos because that's what it was. Especially the more you get into the history of the rebellion, it's like, well, it was just a bunch of people like bombing shit at one point, and that really wasn't going to get anywhere. Well, and that's what makes characters like Saw Gerrera so compelling, right? Right. It's just like he's a guy who never lets go of the anarchist mentality of just like, right. no, you hit them wherever it's going to hurt the most. It doesn't matter what it actually does to right. society at large. Right, exactly. And so, you know, that that's kind of interesting. But yeah, it definitely it takes into an interesting idea of the rebel deserter but and yeah, this... this- uh, uh, Ty- Tyler specifically isn't a traitor. He's just a deserter. He ran away. So why he right. would need to be in hiding on this little backwater planet? It, yeah. no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And and Valance has shown up once again. Why is Valance? Okay. Why is Valance here? So Valance is here again, working our way back from the end of this book. Valance yeah. is here also looking for anyone who knows the name Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Just so he can kill them to stop Darth Vader from learning the name yeah. of Luke Skywalker. This is the thing that's crazy about both of their... So, Vader is playing a hunch that there's a guy who might know Luke Skywalker. And also, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty interesting that this guy knows Luke Skywalker because he literally left before and then only heard about Luke Skywalker, implying somebody else told him about Luke Skywalker. Presumably he got it, I mean, he says as much, he got it over, like, his uh, transceiver on the ship he stole. Okay, so that's that's the thing. So, but so Apparently somebody back on Yavin 4 was just like, you heard it here first, folks. Luke Skywalker has blown up the Death Star. That's right. I don't know where Luke Skywalker with a torpedo down a ventilation shaft in my life. I have never seen anything like this. Um, Such a reckless disregard. <laughs> oh, this cannot be legal. Um, yeah, uh, but <laughs> Luke with the folding chair down from the ropes. <laughs> That's a, so. I just like Vader is. This is a real stab in the dark for Vader that this guy would know who Luke's got. We're just like, that's the only way. Um, but, okay, here is where it all, like, the hinge point on this is mm-hmm. this middle center panel on mm-hmm. the left where yeah. Valance is confronting Tyler and yeah. saying, so you do know his name, Lucian, and mm-hmm. and do you spend every sunset babbling to yourself about it? So the way this has gotten out... Is, is that yeah. Tyler went here to get yeah. away from the fact that he ran away from the rebellion. 
Mm-hmm. He stands at the edge of this dock every <laughs> single day, yeah. contemplating suicide and babbling about how Luke Skywalker solved all of his problems. But like so conceivably, it, it's it's gotten out that this guy is just standing there going, Rasm Frasm, Luke Skywalker, Rasm Frasm. Uh, <laughs> no, what's gotten out is that he's talking and saying the name of somebody who blew up the Death Star and that nobody has actually heard him say the name Luke Skywalker. <laughs> just like uh, Rasm Frasm, guy who blew up Death Star, Rasm Frasm. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's... It's such bad writing that, that once again, Vader somehow heard there is a guy somewhere who is saying the name of the guy who blew up the Death Star, but doesn't know, but they don't know the actual name. And then Valance also heard about that, and now it's a race to find this guy. Why would Vader have gotten this guy's name out of the rebel spy and not Luke Skywalker? Luke, that's what I'm saying. Is like take any rebel and because they they've made a big deal in the in the some of the other issues we've read that like everybody knows Luke Skywalker. He's the hero of the rebellion. He's the guy now. You would think it shouldn't be hard to know the name Luke Skywalker. This shouldn't be a, a like a, a big hunt for Vader. In the more recent Marvel comics, they made a deal about how, like, okay, Vader is hunting this guy and trying to figure out. He really quickly gets the name Skywalker. Yeah. And that makes him go, that can't be right. And then he has to, like, do a bunch of bullshit to, like, double check his work, basically. He's figuring out, is this my son? Not, what's that guy's name? Because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Anyway... Oh, Jesus Christ. Logical yeah. inconsistencies aside. Yeah. He's Valance is confronting Tyler here at the end of this doc, saying, Merle's not gonna be helping anymore. No one's gonna be helping anymore. Uh up until recently, I was in favor of the Empire. I would I honestly say that I'm not really on anybody's side, but yeah. I still gotta kill you. Uh, 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 Lucian also says that uh, Alliance spies are searching for him. So once again, they're like, hey. Where'd that guy go? And so they're sending people out. That's that thing, once again, where it's like, is there punishment for leaving the Rebellion? Do they just want the ship back? I don't know. Yeah, the way Star Wars can at times... It goes back and forth, right? It, they, sometimes they treat the Rebellion as this like loose coalition of freedom fighters and, let's mm-hmm. be honest, terrorists from a certain point of view. Sure. Yeah. Uh, fighting against the Galactic Empire. Other times they treat it as they are a distinct military faction like France against Germany in World right. War One or something. Right. Yeah. So it depends who yeah. you ask. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, but of course, Valence is here to kill this guy, right? Yeah. I mean, he says, oh. you're a pitiful man, Tyler Lucian. Unfortunately, I'm not known for my pity. As he holds up his gun, the implication is he's going to kill him. He's had his gun on him this whole time as they talk back and forth, though. That's the thing where it's like, if this guy is such a merciless killer, why doesn't he just shoot him right into that lake of, you know, corrosive liquid? Also, if this guy's been contemplating ending his own life for so long, why is he fighting so hard to save his own life when he when Valance yeah. corners him? That's it exactly. It goes. It goes. Look, man. Uh, you know, I, I was I was for the rebellion, but like, if it means I get to live, I'll spill all my secrets to the empire. Look immediately. He feels so such guilt about abandoning the rebellion, but he's absolutely willing to turn heel if it means and saving then, his own life. And then we turn the page. Incoming Darth Vader's Tie Fighter, uh, which I believe is an interceptor. Is that correct? Uh, that's the tie advanced. No, the interceptor is the one with the the pointy uh, okay, things on yeah. the wings that right. are pointing so forward. The, okay, so that's here comes Darth Vader, and once again, Valance's whole point is to kill this guy so Darth Vader doesn't get his information. He sees Darth Vader, and then doesn't wouldn't just be like, "There's Darth Vader." All right, kapow, and we're done. Instead, well, I mean, the comic says moment. it is only a moment's distraction. That's what it says, but once again, it's but tough. But to a moment is far more than Tyler Lucian thought he had. So, using his flash-like super speed, he teleports from the end of this dock, past <laughs> Valance, and inside the building. That's what. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> when they say they claim it's a moment's, and then it, suddenly he's past him. It's too late. He's inside the tower. You're a fool, Valance. He says aloud to himself. 
right? You know, Valance speaking to himself says, then, too late, he's inside the tower, you're a fool. And then continues to say the following as he's mid-run, and now you're going to die for it. But then you've suspected that for some time, ever since you let Luke Skywalker and C-3PO get away alive back on Junction. He says aloud as he's in the middle of what I can only describe as some sort of Sasquatch run. <laughs> Look at the, what is this run? And he is slightly out of focus, so it tracks. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know what Valance is doing here? He's hmm. being his own angry Claremontian narrator. <laughs> he definitely is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does have that vibe to it. Because uh, there's a thing Claremont did in a lot of his X-Men comics at times where he would his narrator would be like almost antagonistic towards the characters, oh, being like, so Cyclops, you idiot. You think everything's going well, but your gal Jean is in for it now. Uh, yes, it is very much like Chris Claremont himself is going, fucking Wolverine, man. What are you even trying to do right now? Which can thematically work as, well, like, it really itself works. conspiring against it, these characters. It really like, works in those comics. We've talked about this. Like, Claremont did stuff that no one else has been able to pull off. And it's all just Claremont, you know, look, no offense to Archie Goodwin, but Claremont's maybe a better writer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Once again, another hot take. Uh, meanwhile, though, while this is happening, time to cut to one of our beloved interludes. Can we just skip past these two pages? Because like it's really just a lot of business with 3PO worrying about R2, but then R2's fine. Yeah, because it's basically like 3PO going like, when are they going to get R2 out of surgery, basically? And then R2 rolls up, and I love when he's like, uh, you and your practical jokes are... You know, yeah, well, R2 was always pulling pranks on set. He was the Clooney of Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, in his later days, he went a little too far. Once R2 started going method and, like, leaving <laughs> dead mouse droids in people's That's, trailers, yeah. it's just went yeah, a little that too went far. Up. But the I just want to talk about the, the second to last panel on this page, which is the last 3PO R2 panel, and talk about uh, what is what is happening here. Because the floor is clearly defined. Sure. Uh, where R2 is standing on it. I don't think uh, 3PO is kneeling, because it doesn't look like he is. It appears his legs have buried themselves into the floor. Oh, see, I thought he got that surgery that Hank Hill's dad had. Uh, I got where they <laughs> He just attached his feet to his knees. That man gave his shins for our country. All right. <laughs> Cotton Hill gave his shins for this country. That's no shins. Um <laughs> Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it uh, visually doesn't make sense. Also, why would, uh, R2's like projection beam be coming out of his mid torso? I have no idea. I don't know what that's even indicating. It's a fui boop. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, R2 and his practical jokes, his beloved, beloved, practical jokes the last time i saw r2 doing a practical joke it was to trick several battle droids into burning to death yeah that was classic that was hilarious <laughs> that was good stuff he could never get past that um and so then we cut to luke skywalker just giving it to dadana here man yeah how could you do it, Dadana? Let the princess run off on a mission alone. You know how women drivers be. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, uh, because, we, yes, uh, last we saw Dadana had tried to talk Leia out of going to search for Luke, right? Right, but then she found him, brought him back, and now we're being told about another extant mission in which Leia has been sent away from Yavin 4, which they're still on, by the way. I know, they keep talking about how we have to get out of here, like, right now. And they seem to also be in no hurry to leave. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're talking about how Leia is, like, a symbol to the Rebellion, and whatever mission the Dadana sent her on, they need a symbol to do it. Mm-hmm. And then he's and just also, like... also, Luke's just bored, so we need yeah. to find him a mission, too. Yeah, he's like, don't worry, man. Leia will be all right. And let's get you something to do to take your mind off it. And then my favorite caption ever, here, 
an interlude ends. As light years away, above the poisoned <laughs> waters of Ruby Fame Lake on Centaurus, a confrontation begins. And then you know classic Darth Vader, so famous for reasoning with people and trying to like, you, what is this pose on Vader? The one hand on his hip and the other one going, hey pal, you, excuse me. I need to talk this to is, the manager. This is Vader's Karen pose. It really is. He looks like he's asking to speak to your manager. Excuse me, over here, can I get some service? The man in the tower has a name I require, Bounty Chaser. The only profit for you will be to it will be in letting me pass to get it. They're on a rickety, like, wooden dock. You're t the Vader I know would just fucking kill Valance and go get him. He wouldn't be like, hey, whoa, buddy, let's talk it out. Let me pass, all right? Yeah, okay. That, well, again, characterization of Vader just out the window right now. Yep. Yep. Oh, gone. Yeah, this has no resemblance to the Vader I know. What gets me is Valance's rejoinder here when it says, Today, Lord of the Sith, I'm not after Prophet. How the fuck does he know he's a Lord of the Sith? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right. And now we're going to have an entire page of Vader Valance repartee. And it's just uh, yeah. painful. You would think like we were promised to fight, which we will get. But first, they're just going to like jaw at each other for a while. And he's just talking about like, you may know a name, but I'm going to kill you, Vader. And Vader's like, no. -uh. I actually do love the top of this page here uh, when Vader's like, uh, Valance is like, I'm just going to shoot you and we're going to be done with this. And Vader's like, oh yeah, you're going to shoot me? Then why haven't you shot me yet? Yeah, that's right. And then he hits him with a, that gun seems awful heavy. And he's like, why it is? Is this the first time of us seeing Vader try to use the Jedi mind trick? I think so, yeah. It's got to be. He just—he's just is choking people out in the uh, in New Hope. He never does anything like with the mental faculty thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, I do, I do, I I like this moment of Vader just being like, once again, when this is Vader's like, no thing. You think that blaster's gonna do anything when I've got the Force, baby? <laughs> and Val's like, jokes on you, hand blaster. <laughs> he loves that hand blaster. And then I do kind of like when we turn the page here. Uh, is Vader on fire? Vader's a little bit on fire. It looks like his cape is on fire. Yeah, he's at least smoking. Because, yeah, he took he took a shot from uh, Valance's hand blaster, which we've seen, like, destroy walls and we'll see yeah. it destroy a dock at the bottom of this page. And he just took it. He just took it, man, which is awesome. And he says it's no small thing. I don't love him calling himself in the third person here. Yeah. It's no small thing to bring Darth Vader to his knee. On some worlds, it might be the stuff of legend, but it's not enough. Slaying you will be a waste. A bounty hunter with your particular abilities could serve me well. But I, and then, but luckily I have a call out to this guy named Fett. He seems pretty badass. <laughs> I'm more of a Dengar kind of guy, but he seems all right. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, I'm weirded out by the diaper on the head look, though. That's a little, <laughs> a little weird for me. Uh, I do like Valance's comeback here. It says, a useful freak, not unlike your own position in the Empire. That's the closest we get to them calling each other the same thing. Yeah. And then the thinnest lightsaber blade ever depicted, uh, Varamps from Vader's hilt. I mean, is there a hilt there? I don't know. It looks like he's just coming out of his palm almost. It looks like he's about to uh, do a presentation, and this is the laser pointer for his PowerPoint. And if you <laughs> as I feel our profits are going up. As iconic as Vader's lightsaber would eventually become, like, I have two versions of it in my home, of just, like, mm -hmm. the black, like, yeah. ribbed bits on the hilt and everything. It's just weird to see him with, like, yeah, a laser pointer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, it really, once again, it, they're doing a lot here to rob how badass Vader is. Yes, I have a whole yeah. show of Vader toys, and uh, this is not, none from this comic, I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> and then meanwhile, here's strung out Luke Skywalker looking from above. Uh -huh. Can't get me, I'm in the tower. 
And Valen says this whole soliloquy here of just like, <laughs> you're after this boy and his droid uh, that I used to be after, but they're a piece of hope. And even if that hope is small, so was the hope of destroying the Death Star. And keep in mind, all of this is happening conceivably mid-fight. Like, they've both drawn down on each other, but he's still saying, like, this whole monologue before he and fracks the, the you know, uh, the dock open here. Yeah, he fracks the dock, but that doesn't fucking stop Vader as he just straight up <laughs> Donovan's across this bridge. You have never seen a more graceful Darth Vader than this. Look at that. I don't know if I've ever seen Darth Vader with, like, the multiple afterimages moving. I know. Because you don't think of him moving like that. I never think of, like, mid-air or super-fast Darth Vader. Yeah, He's sort no. of the stalking figure. Once again, that adds to the intimidation. Is like, he doesn't need to pick up speed. He's just going to get you. Mm-hmm. No, he's Mike Myers. He's Jason yeah. Voorhees. He's just, like, he's slowly plodding after you. And yeah. eventually you're going to die. And that's the thing that makes him scary. He's just this oncoming force. And that's cool as hell. And also seeing Vader, like, bicycle kick Valance. I know. <laughs> you also don't think of him uh, throwing a kick at all. Like, uh, <laughs> you can't think of anything where Vader kicks somebody. Take that. I do love the he middle panels it? here where uh, Valance's fist, like, hits Vader's mass. It just goes, crong. That is cool. That is cool. And then Vader shracks him with his lightsaber, and it looks like that's curtains for Valens because he has a smoking pink crater in his chest. The f- the combat that follows is fierce and brief. Yeah, thank God we don't see it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it, we do see it. It's just literally the one swipe of the lightsaber. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, that is, that is cool. And then of course he's like, nope. Got your leg. I love Vader in this bottom left panel, though. I get the base of tower just going, Tyler Lucian, get down here. <laughs> I just killed this son of a bitch. Now get down here, man. <laughs> you heard me. Don't make me come up there. I will turn this planet around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, how do? Yeah, we knew he was somebody's dad with this energy. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but then, of course, the cybernetic hand clamps like a vice, and Vader's like, wah! Uh, Lucian is still up in the tower as, uh, yeah, uh, Valance is just like, no, must stop Darth Vader with dying breath. Yeah. <laughs> and I do, I do like Vader going, still alive? Still fighting? Well, I could almost admire you, Valance, oh, but I don't. Uh... <laughs> Also, this is an incredible amount of mercy here in this top left panel from Vader Crazy. when he says, Just give up. Join me. The medics on my cruiser can still probably save you. That's right, buddy. But I, but I do kind of like the, the brief moment of like, Wow, you're still going? Respect. Game recognized game. <laughs> well, and we'll you know get what? some of that in later Vader stuff where it's like when he's yeah. starting to build the Inquisitors and whatnot, where it's just like, sure. okay, these are a bunch of sanctimonious badasses that I'm going to wrangle into being something we can use to hunt down the remaining Jedi. Right. Well, and I do sort of like where it's just like, hey, man, the Empire could use a guy like you. That's pretty cool. Right. Uh, you know, that that's, that's kind of fun. Um, but also, but, again, uh, yeah, modern Vader is just going to murk this guy and move on. A hundred percent. Well, modern Vader, I feel like, would have taken his head off rather than gone for the chest <laughs> shot anyway with the lightsaber. But uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, no. And I love that Vader shrug. Just imagine Darth Vader shrugging. All right. Well, so be it. <laughs> uh, yeah, shrugs, kicks. And then he's just, and then he's, once again, way too much chit-chat for Vader for me. Oh, yeah. Vader having a whole panel of dialogue bubbles is upsetting on its own. And he's also just going like, what are you going to do? I'm going to get that name one way or another. Even if I don't get it from this guy, what do you think you're going to accomplish here, buddy? And Valance gives his reasoning here. He's looking to just delay Vader as much as possible because he knows Luke Skywalker is, is some kind of like messianic hope for cyborg peace in the galaxy. It so doesn't work for me. It's happened way too fast. His hard shift from I need to kill Luke Skywalker because he's an abomination to 
I am now like worshiping him like a deity. Yeah, yeah. And so Valance's whole plan here is just like, I need to delay Darth Vader as long as possible because the more time Luke Skywalker has, the more time he will have to become someone who can overcome Darth Vader. That's it, exactly. And he's like so certain where it's just like, give him time and he'll be more powerful than you, Vader. You're going down. Someday he'll be your equal or your better. And I'm just like, what, um, what has he seen to make him think that? Uh, a friendship between a man and a droid. Yeah, I know. That, that's basically all he saw. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, man, but uh, I heard he blew up the Death Star and I saw he was nice to droids, so there's just no way you can stop him. But don't forget that that was also his motivation for his endless quest to yeah. kill Luke Skywalker. So it's the same motivation. It just has flipped meanings this in work one at issue. All. I yeah. see what he's trying to do, but it doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not good, you guys. Um, and so then he just kicks. Uh, well, Valance uh, is about to get lightsabered again because his arm won't let go of Vader's foot, and instead Valance rolls off the dock and attempts yeah. to drag Darth Vader down that's, with him. That's what it is. Where he's just like this. That yeah, we're gonna go out together, man. And then when we go to the next page, Vader's fingers digging into the wood of the dock. I I didn't think about it at the time because in my head, I'm like, yeah, Vader has robot arms. Of course they'd be able to dig into the wood. But the writers here didn't know that. No, and those are clearly like organic hands. Look at that hand. Well, it's like, yeah, it's a comic book hand that is just painted to be a glove. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, hold on. But then he, what is he? Well, Darth Vader begins to feel just how heavy a dying man, half-human, half-machine can be. Uh, I think he might be aware of that because he is one, but that's fine. Um, So, Valance technically never lets go of Vader, and Vader has to resort to just chopping off the robot arm. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And so ends Valance the Hunter. Well... Yeah, no, I mean, it's a comic book. (laughs) But... His last words still echo in the mind of Tyler Lucian. And then this this is the most insane thing in the whole comic, which is the victory for Tyler Lucian is he is finally able to kill himself. What? (laughs) What? This is why the message of this particular issue gets so garbled in this last panel here, because, okay... Lucian is driven to suicide by yep. the words of eventual glimmers of hope presented by Valance that again is confused by all so of his backstory. Weird. Wouldn't you think that the better thing would be inspired by this? He uses the time to escape and return to the Rebel Alliance. Or one last valiant attempt to take down Darth Vader, raging yeah, against anything. the twilight of his life. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anything other than, you know, kill himself. But no, and, and they we act, literally and just get a panel of just like a swoop line into the lake. And Vader's like, oh, damn. <laughs> For a time, the only sound on Ruby Flame Lake is the steady, labored rasp of the Dark Lord's breath mask. <laughs> then he turns and makes his way back to the orbiting cruiser. And then, oh boy, the final punchline is these guys going, oh man, so can't wait to get out of this armor. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Reeks in here. We cut to two stormtroopers just being like, oh, so glad to be off duty. Can't wait to get out of this armor. <laughs> hey, man, everybody's working for the weekend. Am I right? Uh- <laughs> but then Vader, overhearing this, just pulls a total dick move and says, uh, Wormus, uh, get underway. I'll supply you with coordinates. And until I decree otherwise, we are on yeah. alert status. Even off-duty personnel will remain in full armor. Once again, Vader just hates joy in all of its forms. And is just like, oh, those guys are excited to be off. Guess what? Overtime! Because the, the, the stormtrooper in the top right panel here has this line that says, 
right? I can't wait to shed this armor. Being in it so long, I feel like a blasted Borg or worse. The implication is that he's like offhandedly referring to Darth Vader, kind of? Yeah, and Vader's like, I heard that shit. Make sure they work twice as hard. Yeah, again, it seems to imply that the writers here know something about Darth Vader that we don't. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, like, I don't think they did, but they were just making a shot in the dark about, like, okay, why would Vader be wearing this armor all the time? I, I, I Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. All we know is that next issue, it's a princess alone. Finally, folks, a princess is alone. Hey, I'll take that over her being with uh, Senator Grayshade any day. Oh, jeez. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anything to get us away from that guy's improvement. Oof. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was issue number 29. Um, the last we'll see of Valance for maybe a little while because we are barreling towards Empire Strikes Back at this point. You mean, you mean forever because he's definitely dead. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, look, he's too cool of a character designed to stay dead forever. Um, yeah, I mean, in fact, I mean, obviously, I know it's a new continuity, but like, I know he's back in the comics now, of course. Yeah, that Bounty Hunter book, actually, I'm catching up on. Surprisingly good. I haven't read it. I major. I read the the was it the Target Vader miniseries that that brought him back. Yeah, the I I would say because uh, he's not super the main main character of the Bounty Hunters book because the Bounty Hunters book kind of splits up between a bunch of different Bounty Hunters right, right, and. Right. There's, it's like an original, like, crime Star Wars story for the most part that doesn't super cross over with, like, our main lead characters. So if you're into more, like, right. in-the-weeds Star Wars storytelling, that's uh, definitely a cool book to check Especially out. Especially if it's about the crime side of it, which you know is yeah. my jam. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Well, there it is, folks. That's, that's a, we'll, we'll see what Princess Leia is up to alone next week on the show. But uh, I think we might find that she has uh, her work cut out for her in uh, trying to jumpstart something in the rebellion. We'll get there. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, but uh, yeah, until then, though, uh, be sure to uh, like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube or uh, subscribe uh, on uh, whatever podcasting software you use and rate and review us on there as well. Uh, and we have uh, another way to support us. Uh, the best way to support us, actually, is to go to our Podbean patron page, which is patron.podbean.com slash punchup. There you can support the show as well as get cool, exclusive bonus content from all the Punch-Up Entertainment podcast shows. Yeah, and if you're uh, watching us over on YouTube, yeah, like, comment, and subscribe. Let us know in the comments below. Uh, how much Vader dialogue is too much dialogue? Like, okay, we can all accept that he says, don't choke on your aspirations. We can mm -hmm. all say that uh, maybe he needs to do a quippy little one-liner as he's choking somebody out. Mm -hmm. Is that where we draw the line? Can he have a monologue? Can that even work? I don't I know. Think it, I think it depends. I think I think to Luke he can say more, because obviously that's a different thing. Um, but to his, you know, prey, I feel like, personally, keep it pretty brief. Yeah, well, let us know in the comments below yeah. what you think. Indeed. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Indeed. I have been Mike Ergoni. I'm John Campbell. And remember, may the panel be with you. Yeah.